Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode three of the booking room. You are looking at MK, and of course, with me for the third time in a row, it's my good friend. Some call him the Dylan. I call him mentally Dylan. It is Dylan, everybody. Yes, uh, that is me. It's me. It's that D O double G. <laughs> this is why I don't do the intros because I. Are you, are, you, are, you, are you a new age outlaw now? The un, uh, the. Uh, I am the forgotten uh, member of the new age outlaws. I wish I was, mate. One of my favourite tag teams of all time, the new age outlaws. <laughs> we probably have more money. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, they were, dude, they were so good. I'll never let anyone shot the outlaws, man. Fucking great yeah. stuff. Billy Gunn in his prime. Mm. Billy Gunn now, bro. Like, put 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 the world title on Billy Gunn now. Let's just do that. Oh, I'd be happy if Billy Gunn went to any company and was world champion right now. I would not bat an eyelid. Let's mm. get to NWA. Let's do that with the NWA World Championship. <laughs> Let's do that. You and I'm NWA. You and all them sixteen oh, people who watch NWA. Brother, I want it to do so well. When it when it when they had the reboot with the studio setting, when Eli Drake was there, when like everyone was doing those like eighties promos, uh, it was it was they had the the intro into the fire, into the fire. It was so good, and it was different to what everyone else was doing. But now, sorry, Billy Corgan, but you've absolutely fudged it at the minute. So yeah, their biggest fumble uh, was not putting the belt on Eli Drake, mate. That would have been I think he was, money. To be fair, in their defense, I think he was already like three, there were like eight episodes in, and people started signing to like AEW and signing to Impact and yeah, but that's how you people keep people in. around, right? You give them, you offer them something, offer them a little bit of something, something, some sauce. You know what I mean? Because what was it? What when Eli Drake was there, wasn't Nick Aldis the champion for nine hundred and forty-six million four hundred and forty-six days? He was. He was for our sins. Yeah, he was. He was uh, best champion. And now, and now, and now, and now I don't want to. I don't want to bury people on this podcast. But Nick Aldis, not my cup of tea. Big waste of money, in my opinion. I love Nick Aldis. Nick Aldis is everything a professional wrestler should be to me. You're a liar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I love. I do like Nick Aldis. Lovely man. Do you? And lovely wrestler. I do lovely like man. Him. Lovely man. I've met him a couple of times, and let me tell you, he is an absolute fruit salad. Honestly, he's came across. He just came across. I'll wear my wiggles merch next week. <laughs> even though you, even though your lovers left, <laughs> I'll never, I'll never get over that. But you know, I'm sure she's out there somewhere. Hey Emma, I'm sure you're doing well somewhere. <laughs> Is it stalking if you watch her on Netflix every day of the week? Oh god, this is where this is where you get us cancelled. This is uh, where you get us cancelled. Right, mate. Listen, um, I'm not going to lie to you. I've been really ill this week, and I've been so off form that for the first time ever, I think you have actually watched more professional wrestling than I have. Right, that would be a first time forever because you are mm. you watch wrestling in your sleep. Like I practically mm. live with you, and you watch wrestling. You go to bed watching wrestling. You wake up and the TV's still on and you're watching wrestling. <laughs> like, well, this is more one of these podcasts. Like, it's, this is this is an outlet to spew the the bullshit off our brains, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I um, yeah, it's it's fine. Uh, like we 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 reconvened before the pod. Um, I caught you up, and mm-hmm. I'm going to continue to catch you up through the pod. 
uh, and catch up everyone who listens, all 25 of them this week, maybe, if we're lucky. To be honest, yeah, like, thanks for the, the for those who have actually tuned in this week. You know, it's nice to see people tuning in. Not as much as the first week, but, you know, this is a this is a growing process. You know, of course, we're going to have a growing brain. So if you can, like, subscribe, share this content. We do appreciate it. We do want to engage. So any of that good jazz, please do it. Um, any of that, I digress. Um, so yeah, you're going to basically catch me up today, Dylan, on the old um, week of wrestling. I did watch some, I did catch um, quite a few clips, but now there's, I have been ill, and there has been, there is 15 hours of professional wrestling to watch these days, so I find it quite difficult. So Dylan, what what you, what you got for us first, mate? What 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 you're gonna? What's your main point first? What would you like to discuss? Well, we're gonna start in order because I'm a man of order, uh, the dark order. No, I'm joking. I'm not. Uh, but I'm a man of order, and we'll start Monday Night Raw because it was the first one on Mondays. Keeping Mondays free for the old Raw ski. Um, mm-hmm. Key points: obviously, we had the Lesnar Cody build, and it's ongoing uh, self. So Lesnar wasn't at Raw, and was he really needed? I didn't really think it. I thought Cody gave a very good promo, um, referring to Lesnar as you know the mountain he's got to overcome. Um, the next obstacle, the next challenge. Uh, I did. I'm. I'm very worried with Cody at the moment because, to me, and I think I've mentioned this on the pod before, and I don't know if it matters to others, but it really does matter to me. Finishing the story is winning the WWE Championship. To me, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. literally what he said. You know, it's. He said it. Those exact words when he first came back, and he talked about putting the belt in his dad's hand, and then he couldn't do it, but he was going to put it around his waist. I'm going to be very gutted. I'm going to be happy with the story if they give him Seth because, you know, them two need to finish their thing. But I'm going to be very gutted if he gets the Consolation World Heavyweight Championship. I don't think it's going to happen. I genuinely don't think it's going to happen. Like, I think that people have more of a voice these days than ever because of social media, you know, and then, like, People like to say the WWE don't pay attention, but they actually do. They pay attention more than people actually think. You know, and he's going to be the WWE champion. There's no doubt he's going to. They're not going to give him the World Heavyweight Championship. This is going to be, and um, the World Heavyweight Championship is going to be a belt that Seth uses to elevate new talent towards that main event level. I don't think Cody is going to go. I, I feel like they will flirt with the idea. I feel like maybe even they have a title match. And um, I don't think Cody will win the World Heavyweight Championship. I, I just don't think that's on the cards. Well, to segue nicely into my second point, uh, Seth, Owens and Zayn, the Judgment Day. Uh, so we had, a, we had a lot of Judgment Day stuff going on on Raw. Um, yeah, I get what you're saying about the Seth being like the workhorse champion and help him build the younger guys. And it was nice to see him go to NXT and have that thing with Bron Breaker. And, you know, did, did you catch that, by the way? Did, yeah. you, did you see that match? Was yeah, it good? It was all right. Um, like, to me, I'm not really a fan of the new NXT style, so I wasn't really... It was a bit meh. But I, I think it looks a bit better. I'm thinking it's starting to get a little bit of flavour again. Maybe. I've just... I don't know. For me, and I'm a bit marky like that, I, I'm just a huge mm. fan and mark of the old NXT when it was full of the <laughs> top indie guys from around the world. I wonder who. Yeah. I wonder who. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? When uh, when there was a certain... Uh, <laughs> je ne sais, 
there's a certain je ne sais quoi about the old baby. You know what I mean? Now, now it, it doesn't it doesn't really feel like my baby anymore. It feels more like a baby. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, no, nah, it was it was a decent match. Uh, Brombreak is really coming into his own. I'm really mm. hoping he gets pushed to the main roster soon. Um, I think he could be good on Raw. I think he's a future World Heavyweight Champion. Um, but we just yeah. got to see where we go with him. But back to what I was saying. So Seth and the Judgment Day. I don't know. I part of me so this build is building to Seth and Finn at SummerSlam. I'd love to see Finn redeem himself and beat Seth at SummerSlam. Mm. But going back to what I said last week, and because of the tension, and they tried to make it look like the tension was done by the end of Raw. I'd like to see Seth lose that World of Warcraft title to Finn at SummerSlam. And, really? And Finn not to be injured this time, but still for Finn to have the shortest title reign of all time again. As much as I love the guy, I want to see Priest cash in that belt on him at SummerSlam. I just think it would be a huge moment. It would be very explosive. Um, I think it would just be just great television, really. Um, you know, Finn gets his redemption. It's basically where he won the Universal title against Seth SummerSlam. He wins the World Heavyweight title. He's celebrating. He's finally in his head going to have a long reign. He's not injured. You know, Seth has, he's redeemed himself against Rollins and then Priest fucks him and takes the belt. I have a theory about this storyline and I want to pitch it to you. Go on. We are the booking room, so let's book it. We are the booking room, so I'd like to rebook it here. Like, the way I see this panning out, and this is just simply an idea, this is obviously hypothetical, it's the concept of this show. Hypothetically, I see, you know, there's a lot of conflict within the Judgment Day. And we're building it where if Finn is this renegade, you know, he there's is Finn going to be with them? Are they going to fall out? There's just this big conflict, especially over the briefcase. Now, I, I think we should get to the point now where the Judgment Day uh, falls back into a unit. So we look like we're on the same page. And then we build to SummerSlam where Finn doesn't win again. And then the Judgment Day beats down Seth after the match. So they all do a number. They're all beating down. And the Judgment Day, as a collective, convince Damien to cash in. And when Damien cashes in, the rest of the Judgment Day, like hyenas, switch on Damien Priest with the debut of J.D. McDonnell. And they all cost Priest collectively the Money in the Bank briefcase, making Damien Priest coming out of this story as a huge babyface, and you have a new Judgment Day for Damien Priest to feud with. I feel like because of how he's perceived backstage and they want yeah. Damien Priest to be the next top talent, I feel like the Judgment Day, Finn, would manipulate the rest of them to say, if I couldn't have it, why, why should he be allowed it? Yeah. You know, and we introduce someone else to the Judgment Day, and then they all because that's never been done before. A group collectively has not cost someone the briefcase, and I feel what we were saying a couple of weeks ago about how this money in the bank is used as a, as a device to create conflict within the Judgment Day. I feel like this, if that was to happen, I feel like then it was worth it because we've still got that big star in Damian Priest um, through losing the case. And then we've still got the Judgment Day, who are 
the more popular there than they've ever been. And then we get that interesting story from there, you know? And then, yeah, I, I feel like that could be a really, really good direction for it to go in. I think you're right there. But I see a sneaky technicality they could throw in and still give Finn the belt. I think what you said is is a good is a good angle to go with. I think the judgment they turn on Priest when he cashes in the briefcase at SummerSlam. I think JD McDonough is introduced into the judgment day and spins right hand guy. But I think if they play it right, and it's technically a rule and they've used it in the past. They used it in how Hornswoggle won the Cruiserweight Championship. Just being in the ring when the bell rings. I think have Priest cash in on Seth. Finn remains in the ring. Damian Priest thinks Finn's not going to do nothing. He thinks he's just there as a backup. Thinks he's getting out the ring or whatever. Ignores him. Goes for the pin. Finn comes down on his back. Coup de gras. Breaks up the pin. Priest is in shock. And then a little spot goes on. And then you end up with Finn going over. Because, again, they did it with Hornswoggle. He ran in the ring oh. as the bell rang for the cruiserweight belt. And then he snuck out and he got the pin. I oh, think you I could do that, that. That technically, Finn was in the match and he could win. No. I love it. I if think you, that, say, yeah, if you, you say take that with Dominic, I'm going to punch you through the screen. No, 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 no. You, you do what I said, but do what you said as well. So, like, they convince him, they, Dom Dom and, like, Mommy convince convince Damien to cash in to help him because they're thinking let's just get the title into the judgment day yeah right so we can still keep they don't all necessarily need to turn on Damien at SummerSlam but Dom Dom and Mommy can convince him to cash in so he cashes in so the judgment day comes the world title comes to the judgment day camp you do that you have Damien like um hits like Go to hit something, and then Seth reverses, gives him a curb stomp. But as he does that, Finn comes down. Kuna Gras on Seth, one, two, three. Finn Balor pins Seth Rollins. Ah, oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Because it's a it's a technicality, and and from what I know, like I, I don't know if they've used it again after. Uh, again, if anyone listens or watches or wants to comment on this, maybe they have. But. The rules are, when the bell rings, whoever the wrestling, the competitors are in the ring, are the yeah. legal, are the legal. Look at, oh yeah, look at, look at the, look at the hoist of the century when Seth Rollins cashed in, it turns into a triple threat match. So that yeah, is. Yeah, but that was, but that, that's a, that's different technicality. That was him inserting himself in the match between two guys because mm -hmm. he was cashing in during. I'm talking about Finn. But that, not, but, I'm no, but about, that's what I'm saying. Uh, so, you ah, do, so you're saying, do it the other way. You're saying. Finn and Seth's match never ended. Damien cashes in, adds himself yes. to the match. Yes, because Dom gotcha. Dom and Mommy are like, Finn's going to lose. You need to cash in. Like, get in the match. Get in the match now so we could, the title comes to the judgment day. Ladies and gentlemen, this turns into a triple threat match. Damien goes in, goes for his finish. Seth reverses, gives him a curb stomp. As he gives him a curb stomp, Finn's come off. Coup de gras, one, two, three. The judgment day steal the belt, but Finn's got it. And then the conflict between Finn and... D like, the, the, our argument... I like it, our... but I don't think it's got the sneakiness to cause an argument between the judgment day. Because all that's going to do is it's going to have Damien being like, you guys made me cash in, but then the yeah, match never ended and Finn got the win and all I did was help Finn. That's kind of a good thing. All he did was help Finn win the belt. No, it's not. I think, it's not. I think the way I said it, though, is more sneaky. That Finn loses 
They beat up Finn. Damien cashes in and starts a new match. Finn snuck in and was in the ring during and steals it from Damien. And then it could be used to house Damien. It is legal. Bro, that's, it's how Hornswoggle won the belt. It's how no, that's won got the nothing belt. to do with it. That's got nothing. No, no, no. That's that's completely wrong. When Hornswoggle was inserted into the match, it was a cruiserweight open scramble. Now, so if you were under the weight, if you if you were under the weight limit, you could enter the match. That was the only technicality. This needs to be a certified, sanctioned WWE Championship match. That's why you can cash in, and it turns into a triple threat match because a sanctioned match is still going ahead. Yeah, I don't like that though because it's not sneaky enough. It's just it's not really. It I don't is. feel like no because to go by oh, what you just go. said, giving it to the Judgment Day camp, I feel like it just goes towards that. I feel like it's just saying, oh no, yeah. But- Go back to Money in the Bank. Go back to Money in the Bank. Why was Finn pissed at Damien? For getting involved and putting him off. He's done it again. But this time, Finn's won the belt. But that's okay. So Damien's character now is going to be, you were pissed at me, but you've done it to me worse and stole the World Championship. And I'm supposed to be okay with that. But again, he hasn't stole the World Championship because like you've said, Damien's interjected himself in Finn's match. So Damien had to know the risk was going to be that either Seth or Finn could have won. It's a triple threat. So Damien's still at risk. Once he cashes that in, whether or not he thought he had the right of way to win, he still had to have it in the back of his head that it's a triple threat. I could get knocked out the ring and one or the other could pin each other and I could still lose. So he can't go to Finn and say, oh, you robbed me because you pinned but he was, But they did it off. But they were peer pressured. He was peer pressured by the other members of the Judgment Day to cash in. And Heels makes mistakes. Heels make mistakes. I don't know. You know, you need know. you need that you, you need that banana peel. You you do. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna call it there because we are uh, <laughs> we spent we spent a very lot of time on the Judgment Day segment and we still got a whole <laughs> week's worth of wrestling. To get <laughs> but we'll see how SummerSlam plays out and we'll see how the build goes. I'm very excited. We'll talk about we'll we'll talk about it next week. All right, up next for Raw, uh, one of the next big things. Drew McIntyre and Riddle versus Imperium, Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni yeah. Vavinci. That's just going to be a good match at SummerSlam. Let's be fair. I like, think Gunther versus, be... yeah, Gunther versus Drew is going to be a solid banger, hundred percent. Oh yeah, yeah, that's one of my favorite matches of the year. That Triple Threat IC title match at Mania, mate. It's going to be, be big meaty men slapping meat. That's what that match is going to be. <laughs> big that's what it's going to be. But I did like the weird tension at the end of the match. I know we've had it in the past with uh, Imperium. Uh, Gunther getting very bullyish uh, and playing mind games with his own sort of stable mates as they lose matches. So I did like that they were all kind of putting down Giovanni Vinci for taking the fall. But yeah, mm-hmm. all in all, as a recap, Raw was decent. Weren't the best Raw. It weren't outstanding. It mm-hmm. weren't the greatest Raw of the week. It weren't the greatest episode of Wrestling of the Week. But... It yeah. was a decent show, and it was worth the watch. That was all right. I enjoyed it. I, I'm not going to sit here and complain about it, you know, because it is what it is. But I am interested. They have done a good job at uh, advancing this Judgment Day thing, and I look forward to talking about it more next week, to be honest. Here we go. Another half hour fucking Judgment Day. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> judgment Day. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Yeah, cool. All right. Sweet. Up next. AW Dynamite. Now you probably, if you're listening to this and you're a, you're a wrestling boff, you're probably going, oh, but what about NXT? Um, 
don't really have time for it in all the week of, of wrestling. Um, it's good that they're using a lot of main card stars. You've got um, Dominic going up for the North American Championship. You've got Mustafa Ali going for the North American Championship. You've got Finn against Carmelo Hayes. You know, you've got uh, all these sort of guys who are doing things. NXT is an interesting product. If you want to see the new talent rising, it's worth the watch. But I, I will I will start watching it again from next week, I think. Um, I do like the look of it. Um, I'm quite happy what they're doing with Bron Breaker. You know, I'm interested to see where he goes. Um, uh, to be honest with you, like Carmelo Hayes hasn't quite hit me with me yet. I'm not really sure why. He's just, I, I, I appreciate why people like him and he, he does come across as very charismatic. But to me, it's nothing we haven't seen before in a talent um, who wrestles that similar style and has that similar character. So for me, he doesn't really stand out for me yet. So I don't know. Uh, it's going to take some time for me to warm on Camelo Hayes. I, I don't think he's main roster ready yet, to be honest. No, I completely get you. I I think he's very talented in the ring. I think he's, uh, he's somewhat great on the mic. Uh, but yeah, if I'm going to be honest, I don't see what makes him him at the moment. Uh, yeah, he's, he's put on some bangers, namely uh, with Adam Cole, baby, uh, in, his, in his time in NXT. You know, like he, he, nah, he's had some good matches and it's good that they've put the belt on him, but yeah, I just, I don't see it. Maybe someone, you know, again, you know, get involved in the comments. Maybe you can explain what's so great. Yeah. But don't just Please give me do. the, the usual, the usual toss of, oh, his promos are the best. He tells the best mm. promos. Because there's like even guys he, that are. Even if he can, he, even if he's a good talker, I would have, personally, I would have someone like um, MVP introducing him. Yeah. Um, and I would bring him in that way, not just because of like ethnicity and like, and I know there's a big thing of that at the minute, you know, and we'll talk about the street profits and Bobby Lashley and hurt business and stuff. I saw a lot of rumblings about that. Like, oh, people, people are just saying, oh, it's another hurt business because of like, you know, because they're all happen to be black. And it's like, no, that's not the reason. Um, but we'll come well, we'll to that when. I wouldn't go with the race thing on that. I would say though, before we get down to that segment, um, I would say that I do believe it is a it is a reignition of the hurt business. I do see them bringing it back. I mean, they teased it a lot, sort of towards the end of last year. What MVP and what Bobby was the presentation? and the stuff. What was the presentation when they got into a limo? Did, did they get into a limo? What was the so basically they the were presentation like, they were like we're waiting for him. Where's he yet? He's running late. Where's he yet? And then uh, obviously that's not me doing a generic voice. That's how they sound. Um, and then uh, <laughs> it is how they sound though. And then, um, then yeah, then this big Hummer limo pulls up. The Bobby Lashley gets out in a suit, looking a don as usual. And then Street Profits get in, and Bobby Lashley smirks and gets in the limo with them, and they drive off. Nothing more, nothing less. No words said. No, I like it. Good. But again, like I said, it could be leading. Like I said, towards the end of last year, and with you know Mania and stuff. We had a lot of the, the build around Omos and Bobby and the possible reignition of the Hurt Business. They threw those teasers in with Shelton and Cedric in the back of Raw, constantly on the build to Mania and that. So could we see Hurt Business expand as an even bigger faction? You know what I mean? Like led by Bobby. I think people MVP. want it. Yeah, led by Bobby and MVP as the talker with Omos, the Street Profits, Cedric, you know, all that. Because they would really dominate. Like that would be a good like stable to like have. Mm. Um, but yeah, we'll see where that goes. But that's 
too early because that's talking SmackDown, and we're on AEW right now. Let's get to that's it. That's okay. Let's talk about the first thing I want to get off the the AEW mark, just to throw it in there. Next week is Jack Perry versus Hook for the FTW Who Gives It Championship. Um, I'm gonna watch it because I'm a huge Hook mark. Uh, mm-hmm. Jack Perry is about as plain as white painted walls. Um, but I am going to watch it because I'm invested in anything Hook does. And I don't know why the FTW Championship exists, but it does. So, um, you know, I'm not invested, but I'm going to, I'm here for Hook. Oh, sorry. There's something that I did see on Raw that I'd really like to go back to. All right. You've got 30 seconds. Run it. 30 seconds. Right. Okay. The um, standoff and story between Logan Paul and Ricochet. <gasps> okay. you got more than 30 seconds. Uh, yeah. I can't believe uh, I forgot that. I had I had a big issue with that segment for a variety of reasons. Um, one was I had an issue because I don't know what Ricochet got from that because, you know, the whole Logan Paul promo was, you know, which I thought was very well delivered, by the way. He came out saying, like, you know, people like me because of like who I am, my popularity, or people like you for is a TikTok, you're a highlight reel. And which kind of exposes Ricochet for what he is and his lack of personality, which I thought kind of buried him, you know. And the whole segment, like when he backed it up and then it got to this awkward standoff. I, I don't know if someone forgot their their words, their script, but then Ricochet just randomly does his flip over the rope and does a standoff. To me, it wasn't really booked well. Like, and the crowd for one didn't react when he did the big flip, which is which is mind boggling to me because but that should be really impressive. Do you want to know why um, they didn't react? Because they've seen it before. Yes. That is the issue why they've seen react. it before. He they, did it with the Velveteen Dream in NXT. It was a bigger moment. They just then. tried to, yeah. They tried to. They're just trying to overwrite that that moment. I get that, but like the way they did it, what I would have personally done is going off the promo that Logan Paul said about being viral that he's a human TikTok. I would have the cue should have been. Logan said, oh, you want to be famous? You want to be a TikTok? Watch how viral you get off of this. He pulls his phone out, goes live on um, Instagram or Twitter, and he films over his shoulder and says, there we go, there's Ricochet. This is the most over you're going to be. This is the most viral you're going to be. Then he does the flip over the top rope. He sees it through his phone. That would have been great. It's live on TikTok. It's social. He drops the phone in shock. He turns around. Ricochet stood there. They have a standoff. Give the time, the crowd to react, to breathe. And then Ricochet, instead of doing wrestling moves again, you know, in a beat down, he just he just punches, punches Logan Paul on his ass. One punch. Logan's in shock. Ricochet looks down on him and says, that's not what I'm about. I'll knock your punk ass out. Then he walks away leaving Logan Paul embarrassed, punched on the floor. That's how you should have booked that angle. And Ricochet would have been very much over at that point because, you know, he would have punched Logan and the fans would have been all behind it because they don't yeah. like Logan. But I do think you're right there. That was a very good way to book it. That was, that was styling there. He's showing you director skills, mate. That's Tar- Tar- <laughs> that Tarantino phoning. Um, no, it was, it was very good. Very good call there. Um, but no, I I agree, Blade. Like I I think 
the way it was done was a bit bad. The standoff was a bit awkward at times. I think awkward. Did, I think yeah. people did forget lines. The flip kind of. I get why they did nowhere. It. I get why they did it. To be fair though, and this is just coming from just sheer amazement and just raw human talent. Like no lie, whether you've seen it before or you see it a thousand times, that's a freaking impressive feat. Bearing in mind, so a, WWE, a WWE ring's highest rope is like somewhat near what, like 13, 14 feet high. So Ricochet is like, bearing in mind, yeah, he's running off a trampoline and doing it. But like, you know what I mean? Like that's a high flip and to land square on his feet, no stumble he's and knees. like, ooh, like mm. solid boom, like a superhero. Come on, mm. man. The fact that the crowd didn't react, I was a bit let down by the crowd, less than Ricochet's mm. side. Um, yeah, then they had to fumble, <laughs> they fumbled the, Oh, am I supposed to hit you? Am I supposed to hit you? And then oh, 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 slice bread. Uh, slice bread. And I, yeah, bro, I've said this to you a million times, and I'm probably gonna say it on this podcast until the day we stop doing it. Yeah, I hate it when they do moves in a fight, man. Like it's not real. If the two why? of you are clashing because you both cussed each other out and you want to fight, bro. Yeah. If I went to a bar and I said to a guy, "I'm gonna slap you," and he went, "I'm gonna knock you out." And then he ran at me, and I went under, and I went, oh, my God. And I hit with a rock bottom. Stop, stop. <laughs> like, do you know how, like, it's going to be funny. Everyone's going to laugh. So but, but you don't do it. You know you what I mean? It, it should have been Logan. Um, Logan hits him, or he hits Logan, or a bit of a mm. schmoz. You know what I mean? It should have been something. Even, even goes for the lucky shot, duck, one punch. That's it. Because that's yeah, what happens in a real fight. Remember, Logan's finish is, is, the, is the punch. So you kind of really should go over too strong with a punch because then it makes it's Logan's punch, punch. Weaker. yeah but it makes Logan's punch look weaker man but then it makes it look like ricochet more than he can do more than just flips yeah but at this current uh, point in time they're only showing that ricochet can do flips I love ricochet to bits and if you ever hear this or see this just now I have nothing but respect and love for you but yeah they yeah, they, they booked that wrong and I don't know if they're yeah. writing his they're writing his scripts or if they're letting Logan go freehand with these uh, promos but I think they need to, if, if in my opinion, either they need better writers if they are scripting it, or they need to start scripting him because his promo is a bit nasty, man. Like the past few, with him just sort of being, he talks like he's on his podcast, so he kind of bad mouths wrestling. He's like, oh, you know, this is all fake, and you know, you're just some fake guy who botched the spot, and you're like, brav, man, like, come on, you've got to have an era kayfabe in the ring. You want to say what you want on your podcast? That's fine. We we all know kayfabe. We all know wrestling's not real. Bloody blur. But don't come into a, like an event. That's like me going, that's like you watching Transformers in the cinema and Optimus Prime's like, I'm just CGI. I'm not really causing damage. <laughs> like, it wouldn't happen. So don't come to the ring and be like, yo, you're just some guy and you fumbled the spot and, you know, you botched it. And like, don't do that, man. That's just bad. You need to, they even need to write his promos for him. Or if he, they are written for him, they need better writers who can write more realistic thingies like yeah it's just uh, for me i'm my ick with logan i love the guys a bit i'm so, i'm one of the many marks who cheers for the guy they should be booing but i have a huge backing for logan i think he looks great i think he's wwe material i think really if he were to give up all the other stuff tomorrow and solely be a wwe superstar he could just shoot to the moon but i just it's his mic skills man he's a great talker as a human like his podcast is great but when he's in the ring and he's talking like he's on his podcast, burying the business and he's burying the boys. Like, the way he talk about Ricochet, bruv, I kind of couldn't back Ricochet at that point. He was like, 
you're just a highlight reel. You're just a TikTok star. And in my head, I'm like, well, I want to yeah, support Ricochet. Him. And I'm like, yeah, he's, he's not wrong, mate. They buried like, him. They, they buried him. They buried him. Yeah. They like when I, him. I grew up watching Ricochet on the Indies. And like when I look at Ricochet and like I heard Logan's pod, like Logan's stuff, I couldn't be like, oh, yeah, man. Like, but you weren't there when Ricochet. Because in my head, I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. Every Everything. I, whenever I think of Ricochet in my head, I just think, Highlight reel, highlight reel, highlight reel, highlight reel, highlight reel. I don't think, oh, but that amazing promo he did, that amazing mm. story he was involved in. That. Do you think, mate, do you think that people are actually going to start understanding that people are more engrossed with stories over athleticism and just ring ring talent? Hello, bloodline. Yeah, nah. It's, you know what it is? It's a mixture of both, though, man. When you, when you really yeah, think yeah. it, it's a mixture of both. Bloodline's been great because of story. But people like Ricochet, you know, like and Will did it for years, you know, they get over and they, they do get their start and they get famous and they get their the where they are in life because of their athletic ability, because whether they No, I agree. Not, but but look at Will Mayer. Yeah. Will Will Mayer is legitimately one of the best wrestlers in the world. 100%. Because he's because he's authentic, when he speaks, he's believable. When his mannerisms in the ring, he's selling the stuff in between and the way he paces his matches. I don't think on that level, no no one can touch Will Ospreay at the minute. Absolutely nah. no one, Fully especially agree. in New Japan. No Fully one agree. can touch him. I think Will is up there. Will is top guy. Um, speaking of New Japan, uh, it's G1 season. I'd love to see Will yeah. win it. Uh, that's my That's yeah. my bet. You heard it here first. Or second, I don't know what you listen to before you listen to this, but <laughs> but Will's my win to win the G1 this 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 season. Um, yeah, I'm fully yeah. fully behind that. Yeah, man, fully but behind that, bro. We're gonna go to a Let's quick break. We're gonna go to a quick break, and uh, yeah. we're gonna resume momentarily. So hold that point. It's my AW. Welcome back, everyone, to the booking room, Dylan. Where are we at? A bit of um, all elite wrestling this week. A bit of all elite wrestling. So Adam Cole, MJF, continuing their feud. And tag team storyline. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm really digging it. Very like we discussed last week. Very sports entertainment. Uh, yes. It, it takes me back to John Cena days. When John Cena was WWE champion. And he won the tag titles with Batista and Shawn Michaels. And The Miz. And briefly David Otunga when he joined the Nexus. Um, you know, I like I like to see the world champion. And his, and his little knowledge. <laughs> mate. I like to see the, uh, the world champion tag in with the, the guy. It's, it's a unique. Well, it's not a unique story again. Because I said it's been done. But. It's a, it's a different take, you know what I mean? It's a different way of doing things rather than just having, you know, oh, I hate you, I hate you too, I hate you, Batista, I hate you too. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's just nice to do something else for a change and have. It helps. Gonna... It helps that they're very charismatic as well. Like they're clicking yeah. and gelling so so well. Their their promos when they're like and their like promotional work outside where they're at the gym or at the bar and stuff is really good. I'm enjoying it. It's mm. funny. Um. Yeah, really, really enjoying what's going on with them. I'm wondering, all I'm wondering is who's going to swerve who? Is MJF going to turn babyface and Adam Cole going to turn heel? Is MJF going to be the piece of shit that he's you know, always been and turn on Adam Cole at some point? Are they actually going to win the tag titles? All this and more next time on Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> I, th- I think it's the perfect way as well to get FTR in a main event. I think it's a really good way to, uh, because of the, the work FTR are doing, like, not a tag team like them in the world, you know. Like you, you, you know. I appreciate that um, old school style. I love their work. Um, not a tag team can touch them, in my opinion. 
at the moment. Um, and I feel this is a good way to get FDR into a main event picture, which I'm thrilled about because they deserve the attention. And I think personally, I, I, I'm still sticking with my Roddy Strong booking who's going to fuck Adam Cole. I'm still sticking with it. I don't think you're wrong. Like, you know, they they, they incorporated Roddy... Was it this week or was it last week? Bloody hell, I see so Every week. I see Every it, week. It seems to... I, I always get lost because it's so much wrestling in a week. It just merges together. <laughs> for, for me, it's all one big show by, by the time we record this podcast. Um, yeah, so I'm interested. I think maybe... Or maybe we see a little undisputed. Maybe we see some undisputed coming. You know, Kyle's due back. Yeah, be happy. Oh, man, I miss Kyle. I miss Kyle. Cool, mm. Kyle. Um, but yeah, so that's happening. On top of that, we had the Don Callis, Chris Jericho, Mia, blah, blah, blah. The Don Callis, Chris... I can't say Don Callis' name. The Don Callis, Chris Jericho segment. We had the Don Callis, Chris Jericho segment. Um, I was very... I enjoyed what they did with that. Don Callis coming out and showing the footage, you know, of Bad News Allen and talking about their past. I enjoyed the Jake Hager segment backstage where he kind of told Chris, you know, yeah. if you're not going to give me 100, I'm not going to give you 100. Um, awesome. Really nice touch. So I'm, I'm Jericho's match. Jericho's match, by the way. Come on, bro. Jericho is, what, is he 55 now? He can still go. Killing it, bro. Killing it with, like, these young luchadors. Like, what is happening? My question is, though, just where's this, where's this Don Callis thing going? Like... Is this going to be Jericho's push for another world title run? Is this like, like what can Don Callis really bring to Chris Jericho? Like usually you pair the old manager with the young guy because you push him. You pair two old guys together. Like what are we going to see? Where is it going? It's going to bring. He, he's there for the heat. It's we're, we're obviously going to end up in a Chris Jericho babyface direction. There's no way Jericho goes anywhere near the BCC. Mm. Absolutely not. I feel like I, 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 they have to write Jericho off TV. He'll go touring with Fozzie, and then he'll come back full blown Y2J feud with Don Callis. Um, that's that's the direction I see. But mate, what I did see at the end of Dynamite, which which is a bit like this is so f- like I don't like to be overly critical, but like it was so fumbly when the like when they were the beat down on Kenny. And then, for some reason, I thought it was security guards just came from the sides. And it was Moxley in, like, all black. And I was like, <laughs> this is John Moxley. Why are we treating John Moxley like he's a heater? Like he's just coming out of nowhere? Yeah. Like, if, if John Moxley is a star, give him his proper... Like, hit his music, have him walk from the other end of the arena to come and fight. And it was you know, funny, because just... it was the way Kenny took him out. It was like two bops, and he was down. It was like he was legit, like, local talent in a, in a security yeah. outfit. He took, like, two bops. This is a guy who's, like, three-time world champion. Had a freaking death match after death match. Kenny was like, Ugh! And then John Moxley was like, oh, I'm down. I'm down. I ain't getting back up. I ain't getting back up. Yeah, don't devalue John. John, come on, let's not devalue yourself. You're a star. Let's not let's not look better, please. Someone yeah, I mean, needs to book him just a little bit better. Um, um, Kota Ibushi is the Golden Lover um, reveal. What do you What are your thoughts on Kota Ibushi being uh, Blood and Guts? I'll be hundred percent honest. I liked it, but Kota Ibushi isn't the one that actually popped me that night in Dynamite. It was the return of a main man and one of my faves of all time, the Bastard Pack. That was for me <laughs> when I saw him. Because, mate, I ain't joking. Fuck off Don Callis and take a shitter, right? Don, if BCC recruits, 
The BZC recruit pack. I think that's elite. That's an elite faction. Brian mm. Pack, Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli, Wheeler Utah. That is an elite faction. And I don't mean an mm. undisputed elite faction. I mean an elite faction. But can we listen, Tony Khan? If you do listen to this for so, for like for some reason, if you do listen to this, can we just have the Blackpool Combat Club as the sole faction in AEW, please? Thank you. Thank you, God. Cheers. No, no, Tony Khan. If you listen to this, uh, we want more factions. That's what we love about AEW. The fact no. that there's 4.6 million factions. You've somehow hired every wrestler to ever wrestle and put them in a faction. That's what we want to watch. Apparently. Um, also, what's happened with the Dark Order? Where are the Dark Order? Uh, no, but it was great. Great show. Um, I really enjoyed uh, Dynamite. I've been a bit iffy with AEW Dynamite for the past few weeks um, for similar reasons like you. Just, 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 I just, I don't know. I don't see a lot of creative direction that side. Sometimes mm. the shows feel a bit flat to me. But M- matches, it just seems like a lot of matches and a lot of shoddy angles. Like yeah. it's not, it's, it's not as good as, it's not as strong as like Collision. Collision has had this like new feel i know it's new um but the presentation's new it's shot a bit differently there's there's a different vibe about collision and i feel because it's yeah it's still another two-hour show which i feel is plenty for a professional wrestling show but like it feels more solid so if there's someone else doing the format for this show you know i'm sure that'll come out in you know um in time but so i feel like someone else is doing the format for this show um, and it's a lot more enjoyable. It seems well-paced. Well, nice little segue there. We'll go on to Collision now, because I don't really have a lot more to say about Dynamite. Um, I'll be honest. Collision, I said this to you earlier. Collision, it's a two-hour show, but I felt like it was an hour this week. Like, it was really weird, and I don't know if that's a... You said it's a good thing. I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing. For <laughs> me, For me, it feels like a good thing, because, like, in my head... Um, again, like I said, I, it felt like an hour and I kind of wanted more. So I was a bit disappointed that when it ended, I was like, oh, is there not more? Because I thought there was more, but I don't know. I don't know if it was shorter because after that they filmed obviously battle for the belts or battle of the belt seven or whatever you want to call it. So I don't know. Was it an hour this week? I'm going to have to go back and check, but I don't no, think it bro, was, it was. But yeah, a very good show. Uh, glad Ricky Starks got the rub winning the Owen Hart foundation, uh, tournament. Uh, it would have been nice to give it to Punk, in my opinion, because, you know, it just would have been a nice accolade for Punk to have, but he didn't need it. Um, mm-hmm. The BCG, uh, Bullet Club Gold and FTR match was great. Absolute banger. I loved it from bell to bell. Um, I can't wait to watch that. It was good. You haven't watched Collision yet, so I do I, I do honestly think you should watch it when you get a moment. Sit down. Great show. Um, yeah, but that's yeah, I do, I do, I do, I do, I do apologize about that, folks. But I, like, this won't be a habit. I have been ill, so I will go away and watch Collision. Maybe I'll even tweet about it. You know, engage me with there. Let me know what you thought on that. But yeah, like I, I said, I will go and watch it. Like I said, it's it was a great show. Uh, worth the watch if you haven't seen it. Go watch it. Um, yeah, and then uh, just a small tidbit I'll throw on the end of that. Uh, you know, I did watch the the Battle of the Belts thing, and you made a funny comment about this when you messaged me about it. Uh, how useless it is to watch because it's like a it's it's a show to defend all the belts or defend majority of the belts but you know no one's ever really going to lose the belts on the show so it's kind of a waste of time watching i watched it and no one lost the belt and it did feel like a waste of time but it was some good matches on there um, it's people who aren't used on tv yeah it's it, there are some good matches on there the one i did enjoy because i do like the way they're going with it in aw was the 
uh, Luchasaurus um, TNT title match. Because I, I'm liking this whole Christian being the champ, but not being the champ angle. Um, so yeah, I, got, I was happy to see that. I uh, It really opened my eyes, though, for Orange Cassidy, though. Obviously, him and the Murder Hawk had their match on that. And um, over my eyes, I realized that like, this guy's been international slash All-Atlantic champion for time now, over 200 days. Like, I thought his reign was even longer than 200 days. He's really had a, had a decent run, and he's a fighting champion. Yeah. He defends it very frequently. I got huge praise for Orange Cassidy there. I don't get the character. I, I kind of feel like he should have grown out of being the boring, bored, tired, sleepy guy by now. But I have to give him props. He's been the fighting champion, and it's he's... I can't lie. I like his title entrance. I think it's the most unique entrance in all of wrestling for him to bring the belt out in a bag. Um, it is. It's great, but like I, I like obviously him. I, I know like obviously I know him. Like he's 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 such a good dude, and I feel with the work he's doing, he's just showing that for his size and his character, he's got the ability to work with absolutely everybody, and I feel like that is the type of talent. That is absolute MVP on your roster. Like he's working with anyone. I love his matches with big guys. I'm a big fan of um, clashing styles and clashing sizes matches. It's the biggest appeal for me in wrestling these days. You know, if people have got different styles and different sizes, it, I'm more inclined to watch it because it's going to be different. It's going to be unique. Hopefully, you know, majority of the time. Sometimes it can be rotten, but. You know, I feel like Orange Cassidy does an immense job. Well, he is just doing an immense job across the board at the moment. So, yeah, like, fantastic. I'm glad he's warming up on you, though, mate. Yeah, he is. He is. But for AEW, that was the week in Hall with Enrique as more. Um... Uh... <laughs> yeah, I did that. Yeah, there, there's going to be so there's gonna be so many inside <laughs> Bo Selector jokes on this podcast. It's going to be unbelievable. Oh. Easter eggs. I was going to say the weekend bits with Jordans, but I thought I'll leave it there. YouTube's taking it straight down if that happens. <laughs> I read, man. It was the weekend all. We can read more. Um, but yeah, nah, that was that was AEW. And then now, just to sort of polish off the week, uh, going back a day from Collision, but SmackDown on Friday. Uh, we obviously already discussed the Bobby Lashley segment earlier. Um, you know, we had the, the sort of the Jey Uso segment. That was really good. You know, him and Solo clashing. I'm hoping we get to hear Solo speak more because he spoke quite a lot in NXT. And he's he's not the worst talker. He, he sounds very much like his brothers, Jimmy and Jay. Um, I think give him some more mic time. Um, I get why they don't, because, you know, he's an enforcer, he's, he's a body, but still. And we've, um, we've got to save it as well. We've got to keep that cooking. For that. Yeah. When he do, when he does speak, it will mean something. And when he does speak, it should be the time when he does go off on Roman. That should be, they should save it for that. And I like that uh, Jay got to give Paul Heyman the uh, the old super kick. Uh, yeah, you know, the wise man, the wise man taking the fall. Well, he's had his issues with the wise man, so it kind of made sense when it happened for it to happen yeah. at that point. Um yeah, and outside of that, you know, it was it was a great segment. It wasn't the best bloodline segment we've had, but it was a nice little filler while we build to now yeah. next week, Roman and Jay meeting face to face. Yeah, we can't have a we can't we can't have an Academy Award winning performances every <laughs> yeah. week. We can't have Emmy Award winning fucking segments every week. <laughs> um, but no, we uh, it was it was decent. Um, Pretty deadly versus uh, the brawling brutes. I enjoyed that match. Yes, boy. You know what I mean? I yes, love it. boy. Love those guys. <laughs> um, 
Shotzi, the, the Shotzi segment after after the Bailey match. Well, actually, it wasn't after the Bailey's match. It was after Oscar. Was it after? When was it? Because I know there was because Io was out and Bailey was out for the cash in. They tried to cash in on Oscar versus Bianca, and then they, that whole thing there was a schmoz and it all it all fell apart. But I think Shotzi shaving her head. I I thought this was gonna happen. I'm pretty sure I mentioned this last week in the podcast. After they cut her hair, I thought she was gonna do something where she shaved her head. I'm very interested to see where the character goes from there now, though. Shotzi with short hair. Wondering what they're gonna do with it. Um, Charlotte Flair and Bianca and Oscar's angle. Uh, Really curious to see where that goes, but I do feel like it's going to put the belt back on Charlotte at SummerSlam because mm-hmm. you know they're just keying her up to be her dad. You want her to be a ninety thousand champion. I, I, I have, I have no problem with Charlotte Flair being the one to break the record. I like because, let's face it, let, let's be real for a moment. Charlotte Flair is a once in a lifetime talent. She is. But like you right there for one sec. I do and I don't have a problem with it on the basis of Cena got so close. I felt it should have been Cena. Because Cena's Mount Rushmore level talent. Charlotte's great. And she'll be a women's Mount Rushmore easily. But I feel like giving it to a flair because they're a flair. Like, let's just say, like, again, Charlotte, a magnificent wrestler. Love her to bits. But if Charlotte wasn't Charlotte Flair... Do we really think she'll be in the exact same position she's in now? I do. I don't. I don't. I, do. I, don't. I don't. I don't even think she would have been she's in that, WWE. I think, I think she's that good. Nah. I think she's that good. I feel like she would have got hired for her, her athletic. She came in when the PC were hiring athletes. I feel like she would have got in then. I, I truly feel. You truly feel if she wasn't a flair, she would have won 17 world titles. In her I'm not short, saying 17. In her short career, shorter than Cena, Randy Orton, Edge, Triple H, Undertaker, all guys who had the opportunity to beat it, never beat it. You know, you think Charlotte Flair would have been the one. Well, let's just say her name was like Ashley Tisdale. Um, you think she would have been the one to beat the Ric Flair record if she didn't have the Flair name. You can genuinely I'm not... look at me in the eyes. Tell me that's your belief. No. Okay, fair. Exactly. Like I'm not saying, she, but if anyone should beat the Flair record, it should be a daughter. And I feel like that's quite a special moment for the Flair family. No, it is. And again, I agree, but I just don't like the fact that they're doing it because it's a Flair. Because Cena had every opportunity to beat it. He's won away, and I wouldn't have been opposed to him coming back and beating Seth or Roman for one of the two world titles that exist. There's still time, brother. You know I mean? you know There's I mean? still like, time. Even if it was just a short run, it was a month to put a guy over. You know what I mean? I would not be opposed to it. Seen as a Mount Rushmore level talent. He's marquee talent. He's up there. There's no reason it can't be Cena. Again, there's no reason it can't be Orton. Orton's only a couple away from it. Who knows? Let's see. It's going to... I mean, if Charlotte... I mean, I could be wrong in this. I'll have to research it after. But I'm pretty sure if Charlotte wins it at SummerSlam, she's at 16 or she might be at 17. She may even be there by now. Nah, she'll be at 15. What's she at, 15 or 14? She's at, she's at 14 currently. Well, there we go. So she's not far, bruv. And, mm. the, you know, she's still young. Like, bruv, in 10 years, she'll be like 23-time champion, fam. Ain't no one ever beaten Charlotte's world title reigns by the end of her <laughs> career. But, you know, and that's what I'm saying. But I don't think that she would have done it. And again, nothing to her as an athlete. I think she's terrific in-ring. I yeah. love her to bits. But 
I just don't think she would have been given the push by any company to be a 17-time world champion and break Ric Flair's record if she wasn't Ric Flair's daughter. Which she is, so that's redundant. <laughs> oh, if we're saying that, then everything we ever talk about is redundant because we're not actually booking anything. You know, shit on the podcast, mate. Well, you <laughs> show my ideas, I show on the podcast. Okay. So. <laughs> 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 uh, and then what else happened in wrestling? What else happened on SmackDown? <laughs> what else happened on SmackDown? Um, this was the last ever episode <laughs> of the book. <laughs> you threw my bloody, you threw my bloody brain out. What the hell happened on SmackDown? Where are we? Oh, ah, no, no. We're going to end it with one last. I got one last drizzle before we before we sort of close out our week. I'm really excited. Uh, well, not excited. I'm really happy with this US Invitational that they've started for the US title. Um, yeah, I think it's really great. I'm. I said it to you last week. I think Eli Drake was going to get the uh, well, Eli Drake LA Knight was going to get the uh, mid card title rub because I knew they weren't going to get the title just yet. So let me talk yeah. to you. Um, I think that he'll probably win this Invitational, but I think this Invitational is a great idea. I think, you know, they needed something for Austin Theory. They couldn't just give him another story, another contender. You know, there's too much going on at the moment as there is. There's some big time stories going on on SmackDown. I like that they didn't just pick the usual candidates for the US title, though. You know, we had Santos Escobar. We had okay, AJ, maybe, but we had, you know, uh, Butch. We had... Grayson Waller, after getting the edge rub, got involved in that fatal four-way. I thought that was really good. I was a bit, mm, not peeved, but I was a bit, uh, a bit, I don't know what the word is, but uh, a loss uh, of uh, Santos Escobar winning. Because again, like if LA Knight wins next week's fatal four-way, yes, I get it. Like, because then, you know, Santos really, you know, gains and loses kind of nothing, losing to LA Knight. But I thought maybe... Because out of everyone in that match, I thought give Grayson Waller the rub, gives him a little bit of a push. But also, he's healing enough at the moment that it would have been a nice little thing for him to lose or at least gain some heat facing LA Knight. You know what I mean? Uh, but again, LA Knight might not win next week. I'd be gutted if he don't because I really do think he should be the one to face Austin Theory at SummerSlam. Would be the person. I, um, what I would do there is I would actually... I feel like it's time to pull the trigger on LA Knight having a mid-card title. I think you were absolutely, you hit the money on that. Because, like, it's what we did with Rock. It's what we did with Triple H with the Intercontinental title. It's time. He's over. Give him the mid-card belt. And then we keep Grayson Waller away from LA Knight until the point where LA Knight is ready to move up. And that's when you have Grayson Waller built up, sweep in, take the US title away from LA Knight, and then LA Knight can move on to the main event, whilst Grayson Waller is your piece of shit, chicken shit heel with the US title. Again, now you say this, but again, I think Grayson Waller's got it when he changes his gear. <laughs> <laughs> with his shit gear, and if he becomes United States champion in that shit gear... The only the only way he could redeem himself if he wins that US title because he's wearing that shit boxing gear is if he in the US title match or after he becomes US champion, he dresses like Rocky Balboa. I'm talking no not, not Rocky Balboa. Apollo Creed when he faced Ivan Drago. I want him in full US or for him Australian 
like get up like fully like i want a top hat i want sparkly gloves i want us or like uh australian flagged like shorts i want him like full on like just coated his music's been stuck in my head for like a week (laughs) you know what it is yeah his music's so good for like a reality show it gives me weird like it's not but it gives me love island vibes yeah yeah, i get that i get that it's really good but yeah that's the weekend uh, no, I was about to say the weekend bits again. <laughs> no, weekend bits, no. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for joining us on The Booking Room. Like and subscribe. I'm not going to say it again. Just please hit that subscribe button. We do appreciate it. We want to move forward with this podcast, and we do appreciate that. But, yeah, that's all we've got time for on The Booking Room podcast this week. So, Dylan, anything to say before we close the door? Um, Not a lot. Uh, You know, just started getting back into NWA recently. Um, yes. Anyone who watches this, please give it a watch. Um, I think they're doing some really cool things with EC3 at the moment. He had a good match the other day. Uh, he kind of teased, sort of giving up the title that he's been holding for a little bit. Um, and he's going for the world title. So I really do hope they push the, they put the, what is it? The 24 piece of gold or the 14 piece of gold or whatever they call it. It's the ten pounds of gold, and nah, I'm really nah. ashamed if you're not knowing that. Ah, uh, bro, I don't, I don't follow NWA like that. Don't either. say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. you can't. You cannot come on a wrestling podcast and say you don't understand the ten pounds of gold. Don't do it. <laughs> no, I don't understand. Do I just don't follow the NWA like that. You know me. I. Uh, it's just not my. It's not. It was never my thing. Um, it's time to close the door on the booking room. <sighs> yes, it will be a long time. Thanks, guys. Happy to Zane. Hello? What? Who is booking this crap? Well, if you can't book as a team, you're all fired. Who the fuck wrote this bullshit? I'm gonna tweet my displeasure. Vince McMahon, he's the bad guy. Yeah! Oh, I'm fucking tired. I told I work with fucking children. And what qualifications do you two feel you have to work here at the zoo?